Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. We actually introduced her to Korean food first because my mom, she was just cooking up all this Korean food. When we introduced her to just more basic food without any seasoning, she just wouldn't take it. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're talking about mom shaming and some of the not so nice things you might hear from other moms or really from anyone for that matter about the way you're deciding to feed your baby. My guest today is Chriselle Lim. She's a stylist and a digital influencer. She has an insane number of followers across multiple platforms. She actually describes herself as one of the OG content creators, which she definitely was and is. Like she's from back in the day when YouTube was just getting off the ground. She has a now massive YouTube, fashion, blogging, platforms, following. I know Chriselle from Instagram, where she has over 1.3 million followers on her personal page. But she has this insane collection of other businesses with recent expansion and branches going into parenting and the digital learning space, which is actually how we cross paths. So what I love about Krizel is that she keeps it real. Yes, she is an incredibly influential person in the fashion and lifestyle spaces, but she's also a mom of two small children and she's a real person. And no matter how big your platform gets or is, you still read comments 
and you still get mean comments and mean comments still hurt. And they hurt a little bit differently when they're about your kids. Judgmental comments can make you second guess your parenting decisions. It happens to all of us if you have one follower or one million followers. So today I asked Grizel to come on to talk a little bit about her parenting journey, how she works food preparation into her busy working mom lifestyle, how she deals with negative comments and feedback and still keeps moving forward and thriving because she's got all these different roles, mother, partner, owner of multiple businesses. Oh, and she's also a podcast host too. Her podcast is called Being Bumo and Bumo is the Korean word for parent. So she has some really interesting projects under her Bumo brain business umbrella that she'll be sharing a little bit about. So without any further ado, I want to introduce you to Krizel Lim, who's chatting about mom shaming and how to deal when others don't get your feeding choices. All right. Well, Krizel, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. I've been following you on Instagram and I'm just so excited to be chatting with you. Okay. I am so excited to be chatting with you because you have like one of the most varied backgrounds. I don't know how to describe it or do it justice. So could you tell our audience what you do on a professional level and then also a little bit maybe about your personal and family life, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Chriselle and most people um, that follow me on Instagram know me as a content creator because I am one of the OG fashion and beauty content creators that first started on YouTube. I had a blog back in college called The Chriselle Factor, which I documented all of my outfits and going to fun fashion shows. And that was pretty much my whole life for the past, I would say, 14 years. And then fast forward six years ago, I became a parent. So I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And from then on, I just kind of shifted gears to focus on finding solutions and providing solutions for busy working parents, which led me to starting my company, Bumo, which we could talk more about into detail later. But you know, it's essentially to bring work solutions, parenting solutions for working parents that want to be co-located with their children while like thriving in their career, still not having to give up one for the other. How did you decide? To, I mean, it's kind of a transition, right? From like beauty blogging, YouTube stuff. Like, how'd you make that transition into the parenting space? Because I love all your Bumo stuff, but I'm like, this is not what Chriselle is known for. So like, how did that come about? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I started my blog and kind of my, I guess, interest in fashion when I was in college. So actually started in high school. And then I really kind of followed my passion in college once I left my parents' home and made it into a full-time career that was just on the cusp, like when Instagram was about to be born. I think I was like three years ahead. So I started my YouTube channel and it was just a fun hobby and it really took off. I was one of the first creators to be on that platform talking about fashion and teaching girls my age how to dress appropriately and like how to buy things for less. And you know, I think at that time, that's where my interests lied naturally, just because I was a broke college student. But, you know, a lot of my audience now are also mothers. They've been following me for over a decade and they've just become different. I guess, you know, your interests and your hobbies change as you grow. And I think that's the beautiful thing about digital media, especially when you're putting your life out there, your audience kind of grows along with you. And that's, you know, my kind of transition into parenthood. I love how you've really like dovetailed the parenting stuff in. You're not all up in your face all the time about parenting stuff. Like it's part of who you are, but it's not your total identity. And I think that's important because especially as a full-time working mom who also happens to have seven kids and a business, it's like, there's not one thing that defines who you are and you don't totally lose your identity when you become a parent. Although a lot of parents can. And I'm wondering if you've experienced that like among your audience or your community, because like, I know they appreciate 
knowing about fashion in the context of also being a parent. And that's hard to do from a content standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, in the beginning, I was super nervous because I was like, am I going to lose all my followers after become a mom? Because a lot of my followers are not moms yet. Like, are they just going to lose interest once I become a mother? But quite frankly, the opposite happened. I think because I was one of the first in my age group to have kids, I think a lot of people were just preparing as they're following me. But yeah, I have to agree with you, especially in the early days of motherhood, especially with my first, you kind of lose yourself. And that's natural, right? You're just figuring it out. You know, all you like are focused on is like keeping this little tiny baby alive, right? And yourself alive. So you kind of lose yourself during that process. But then I think once you get through that, and I personally went through postpartum depression with my first, and I didn't even know I had it. But after I came out of that, I was like, wait a minute, this is me. Like I'm back, right? And once you realize who you actually are, you're like, I could do both. I could have other interests outside of parenting and outside of my kids. And that inspires me to become a better parent. So yeah, it goes hand in hand. I totally agree with that. There's actually another guest on my podcast who was a parenting expert and talking about, you know, do your kids see you having fun when the to-do list isn't done? And I had like tears in my eyes. I was like, well, A, the to-do list is never fun. And like, maybe not. We were talking about like hobbies. And I've always struggled with not having a hobby. I don't have a hobby not related to nutrition. She's like, what did you used to like to do? It's like, I used to like to play piano. She's like, why don't you start doing that? And I actually have started taking piano lessons. I mean, I'm terrible. One of my kids is like, can you please not play when I'm trying to go to sleep? You're so bad. <laughs> but like, it's important for your kids to see you struggling and doing other things. And I think sometimes all my kids see me as like working, but like, it is hard to layer in like time with your kids and working and then having hobbies, having a relationship. Like it's a lot. And I really love your content because you don't sugarcoat it. Like it is hard some days. It's not all beautiful and everyone's made up and looks perfect and your kids are well-behaved and eat well. And that's why I wanted you to come on because I wanted to talk about this concept of mom shaming, which a lot of us feel, but maybe don't talk about. And I think the way you've dealt with that topic in your content is so helpful. So I was just wondering if from the context of like how we feed our children, what sort of, I don't know, judgment or mom shaming issues have you faced as a mom of two kids surrounding food? Yeah. Well, I was really insecure going into motherhood because first of all, I didn't really have any friends around me that I could use as an example or a sounding board. So I was kind of figuring it out all, all on my own. And to be honest, there's so much information on the internet. So I didn't even look on the internet because I just felt like it was overwhelming me. Honestly, I wish I found you sooner because I feel like you give such tangible tips that moms could actually apply to their lives like immediately. But yeah, there was a lot of moments where I was like, I am embarrassed that I'm doing this. Am I doing it right? And I, I have experienced mom shaming, especially because I do put my life out there on the internet so much. And there's a lot of opinions of like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing this because X, Y, and Z. And then another person would say, oh, you're doing great, right? And so you kind of have to block out that noise of everyone's opinion. And of course, like, like for me, it was asking my mom, right? Like, what did you go through? And she would give me her advice. And obviously, it's very different. But yeah, it, there's a lot of mom shaming within the mom community, which is kind of sad. But at the same time, you have to do what's best for you. I was a busy working mom, I was building my businesses, I continue to run my businesses, even right after birth, because I just didn't have the team at the time to be able to support me. And so I worked through all of those days. And I couldn't give my especially my first child, the nutrition that I always imagined I would give her like all the homemade foods and all of that. And I, I carried so much guilt and almost sometimes lied to people like, yeah, this is homemade. Like I, I cooked this or 
I made it a lot. And I'm like, why am I lying? Like, who cares? Right. But now with my second, I'm just a lot more confident. You know, if I am able to make a home cooked meal, great. If I'm not totally fine. Right. But yeah, there was a lot of mom shaming involved. This episode is brought to you by better help. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your journey to feeding your own kids? Because everyone's story is different with each kid. It's different. Like, how did it go for you at the beginning? Yes. The first six months, and then how did that change in the second six months? Did you do anything different between your first and second kids? Yeah. So my first child, I did breastfeed her for six months. And then soon after that, I just like wasn't producing enough and I was just stressing myself out. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to put her on formula. And then from then on, we actually introduced her to Korean food first because my mom, she was living with me at the time and she was just cooking up all this Korean food. And so there was actually lots of natural kind of homemade stuff. Like they Korean food, there's a lot of like squash. So she would make me something while she would make the baby something. So I was very lucky in the sense where my mom was helping me with that. But my struggle was because my first child was so, she only knew about these Korean foods. I mean, not that squash is Korean, but my mom would put seasoning on it and such that when we introduced her to just more basic food um, without any seasoning, she just wouldn't take it. And so that was my struggle of introducing solids to her was that everything. You kind of went like the opposite direction. Most people are like, start with bland food and then realize, oh my gosh, babies don't have to eat bland food. But you like yeah. kind of went back to it. Well, my child wouldn't eat bland food after that. So like, because I realized I was like, oh, well, she needs to try different things like avocados and all of that. But because she was so used to these like rich flavors already early on, she wouldn't take these other types of food. So that was my first. She has become a great eater. She's six years old now, but that was very stressful. And then my second child, I struggled a lot with getting her off the milk. This girl loved her milk. She would not eat any solids. Yeah, I was so stressed out because she's two now, but about like still till this day, she'll drink so much milk if we don't like actually put a limitation on her and she's eating a little better now, but she still has her moments where she just rather have milk. And that's something that we're struggling with. And I swear what you're saying is verbatim. What so many parents explain starting in the second year of life, like the two biggest things that can sabotage toddler intake at mealtime are milk and snacks. It's either too much or too close to meals or someone's giving them snacks right before you expect them to sit down and eat food. And I think parents, you know, we know like, oh gosh, milk is like a good thing if your family drinks milk, but too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And you're right. Some kids can drink 
get in the habit of drinking a lot of milk and there's no room in their stomach for anything else. And it can become problematic. So I feel the struggle that you're describing. This girl can drink milk all day. I'm like, is it even that good? And she just, she just will keep drinking milk. She's a milk monster. So yeah, we had to put her a limitation on her milk intake for that reason. She is eating a bit more, but she's still not eating that much because she'd rather have milk. So, okay. Share a little bit, if you don't mind about your like day to day with your foods, does your mom still, you're running like a million different businesses. Is your mom there? Does she still help you with food? Do you stress about food preparation for your kids on top of everything else that you're trying to do? So yes and no. My mom does come in and out of our house here and there. And I'm very lucky because my partner, he is a great cook. So he he loves to cook. And so, you know, like half the week, they'll eat the food that their dad makes. And then for me, I'm not much of a cook. I'll be lying if I said I was a great cook. But I have like my go-tos that I know that they'll eat. So they love spaghetti, like really basic classic spaghetti. I make a really bomb spaghetti in an instant pot. And that is the only way I know how to cook, which is so sad. No, it's perfect for baby led weaning. Like all the best baby foods come out of the Instant Pot. Like it's great. Oh, yes. I love my Instant Pot. I can make like pretty much breakfast, lunch, and dinner in my Instant Pot and the kids will eat it. So yeah, I have like my five go-to meals that the kid I know the kids will eat. Like for me as a busy working mom, running multiple businesses, my goal is just to make sure that they get their food intake. So I unfortunately don't have like the bandwidth to try out different types of foods. Though when my mom does come, she always tries to like put something in here and there because she loves cooking. But for me, I kind of have my like five go-to things that I make, which is like salmon, a rice and noodle soup with veggie, chicken stock, and then a spaghetti. Like those are my go-to. So I know that you have shared a lot on your different channels and platforms about this thing that parents are always torn between, which is like, be with your kids or go to work. Or if you have your kids at work, then how can you make that happen? And so I know you have recently launched, you know, kind of another arm of your business. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about Bumo, what the inception for this business, this group of businesses was, and then are there any food choices involved in the new endeavors that you're undertaking or considerations there for parents who are working? Yes. I'm so glad that you asked. So Bumo actually means parent in Korean. And honestly, we had the hardest time naming our business. We're sitting there. We're like, oh, should we? We went through thousands of names and I just couldn't think of anything. And then I asked my parents and they're like, how about Bumo? It's actually pronounced Pumo in Korean, but it's pronounced obviously in English Bumo. And I was like, it's probably taken. It's such an easy name. And I looked it up and it wasn't taken. So we're like, that's going to be it. Bumo, as I mentioned earlier, was born out of a need that I had as a working mom six years ago. Once I became a mom, I was like, I got this. I could continue to thrive in my career and be a full-time parent. Like, I know I can do it because I run my own businesses, right? Reality hit, and I realized that I just couldn't do both. And I started to look for options out there, whether it be co-working spaces with uh, licensed childcare. Couldn't find any. There were a lot of co-working spaces that had unlicensed childcare. Of course, they don't call it unlicensed, but they just call it childcare. And what the biggest difference is that when you're unlicensed, you cannot feed a child, you cannot give them milk, you cannot change their dirty diapers, and you can't let them sleep, you can't nap them. So given that I am a full-time working mom... So you basically can't do anything, right? Like that's all that babies and children do. Exactly. So I would essentially be interrupted every 20, 30 minutes, right? 
Um, which is better than nothing, I guess. But I knew that that was a, not a long-term solution for uh, a full-time working mom like me. So I decided that I was going to build my own because I needed something like this for myself. And all the working women around me that were parents were like, we need this as well. So, you know, we raised the money that we needed. Uh, my co-founder, Joan, is an incredible educator. She built this amazing curriculum to launch at our physical spaces. And then COVID happened last year and we were supposed to open up spring of 2020 and that didn't happen. And our first location's at Westfield Century City. So my co-founder and I, we looked at each other and we're like, what are we going to do now? And so we launched Bumo Brain. That's another arm of Bumo online. I think what happened was once people experienced Bumo Brain with their little learners, they were like, wow, this is guilt-free screen time. My kids are learning. They're excited about it. They're not bored, but they're also entertained. And it's the closest thing that you can get to a real-life classroom. And so during COVID, Bumo Brain really just blew up. And that really took off. And we've taught over, I believe, 25,000 classes up to date. We're in over 50 countries. And... Yeah, now that is another extension of Bumo, but great news is that Bumo Work is now open at Westfield Century City Shopping Center here in Los Angeles. And it's just been incredible to see these kind of like two businesses come to life in such a beautiful way in ways that we couldn't even imagine because it was definitely not according to plan of how we thought we would launch it, but it all worked out. Now the childcare side of Bumo Work is powered by Bumo Brain. And now parents can actually go to our beautiful co-working site, get their work done. Let's say midday, they want to have lunch with their child. They could head on over to the parent and me area, have lunch with their child, and then hop back on over to their conference call. And then hop on back over if they want to do a mommy and me class. And it's all about integration for us to be able to integrate your work life also with your child so you don't feel like you have to choose one for the other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, so Krizal, you have big platforms, big audiences, lots of big ideas, big business stuff. But at the end of the day, you're still a mom, you're still a person. And I think people don't realize the bigger your platform gets, it sometimes hurts even more when you get one or two comments that like, despite the millions and millions of positive things people are saying, someone will kind of needle you like, I can't believe you're doing that with kids or this with kids. Or how do you deal with that when sometimes that one little comment can just like almost feel like undo all of the amazing work that you're doing? What's your coping mechanism for that? Well, I have to say, as you continue to put yourself out there, you definitely do have to, and you will naturally kind of get used to getting some negative feedback. And it's something that you just kind of have to realize are the realities of putting your life on the internet. And I'm sure you do too, especially talking about, you know, children and babies. It's such a sensitive topic. And I, with that said, I have always been really good about managing my emotions when people would say things 
badly about me or like they didn't like how I dressed or my makeup or whatever. Like I was like, okay, whatever, it's fine. But once I had kids and they would start saying things about my children or something about, I remember this one time, some anonymous commenter was saying, your child has such chinky eyes. I was like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, that's racist. You can't say that on the internet. And it's not to me, it's to my child, right? And so those type of comments obviously kind of boil me up. One, because they are not about me, they're about my kids. But my community, they are so strong for me. And because I've been around for over like a decade on the internet, I feel like whenever those comments come through, my community does come back me up and they just kind of support me. And I don't usually have to say anything and they'll kind of be like... There's self-policing that goes on. When your community gets big enough, but you build it the right way with the right people. I see all the time, people are like, how do you run literally the largest digital community dedicated to baby led weaning without people being haters? Because baby led weaning has such this reputation of being judgmental. I'm like, because the people that are here are here to learn and they're treated with respect and they treat others with respect. And so the second someone comes at me or someone who's on one of my platforms, they do the self-policing. It's kind of amazing. I mean, there is some moderation, of course, you need to do. And some platforms are not as conducive to that as others. But it's one of the reasons why I love Instagram. It is such a positive space for learning about babies, as opposed to some of the other ones, which are a lot harder that you are doing a great job in. Well, I think you're doing an incredible job. And I think it's so much trickier when you're kind of sharing advice that you know that works, but another mother or another parent might think otherwise. And I could see how that could be kind of become a heated debate. Whereas for me as a creator individual, I'm not necessarily giving out facts all the time or necessarily advice, but it's just a lot of the comments, the hateful comments or the hurtful comments are about like, how they look or how, and you know, I could live with that. I could like see past through that. Any final tips for moms feeling the pressure, feeling like they're getting judgment, especially about the way that they're deciding to feed their baby. Like you have a really nice way of clearly having thick skin. Like what can they do to deflect some of that mom shame or the mom guilt they might feel about their feeding choices and decisions? You know, I have, opinions on people posting things on the internet, just because when you do so, you are subject for criticism. And you just have to know that going into it. Of course, we live in an era where we post, quite frankly, everything about ourselves and our lives on the internet, right? I'm guilty of that as well. But as I kind of see it in hindsight, now I'm like, maybe I didn't have to post that, right? It stressed me out so much of what other people were saying. So I think you just have to be really smart about what you do post because when you do post something, you are opening yourself up to become more vulnerable, to become attacked. And that is something that you just have to know that it's part of it. So I think more so being smart about what you do choose to post. And once you do, it's kind of, you just have to expect things to come your way. So yeah. And I know we discovered each other mutually on Instagram. And I think there's such a powerful visual associated with that platform, especially the power of seeing babies feed themselves. And a lot of parents who don't post a lot, one of the few things that they will do is the new food that their baby is trying every day. And I encourage them to do that. Listen, this is your reality. This is your truth. This is how you prepared pork for your baby in the seven month of life. And you're actually inspiring other parents who think, gosh, I didn't realize babies 
could eat all of these different foods. And so even if you're a micro influencer, your behaviors and your actions, if that's how you're feeding your baby and that's how you choose to share it, more power to you. Yeah, I love that. And I love getting ideas from other parents that do post about feeding their babies. And that's something that I do love seeing because I get a lot of my ideas from the internet. So, you know, I don't want to discourage anyone to not post, right? But just setting expectations when you do post that people are going to say things and that's okay. As long as you feel good about the choice that you make, you can't be perfect. And yeah. So Krizel, tell our audience where they can go to learn more about your work, especially the Bumo line, because I think that's really of interest to a lot of our parents are working parents. That's why they're on a podcast trying to learn about baby led weaning because they don't have all day to do it themselves. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about me, uh, my Instagram is at Krizel Lim. Bumo has actually several Instagram handles, but um, if you're interested in the co-working space, which is open at Century City, that is at Bumo Work. And then if you're interested in the virtual learning program, which is quite frankly, the most amazing virtual learning program for early little learners, it's at Bumo Brain. And then our community page is at Bumo Parent. So I know it's a handful, but those are the places that you can find us and me. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will link to everything Chriselle is mentioning, including all of her handles, because you really have such a varied background of different businesses. It's really impressive, but yet they are all integrated with the same message that you can do this with a little bit of help. It'll all be on the show notes for this episode at blwpodcast.com. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Chriselle Lim. She is totally different than a lot of other people I've interviewed on the podcast, but I really appreciate her online persona is exactly the same as what you get if you're talking to her in real life. And I think that is not true for a lot of influencers. So you know me, I only want to bring you guys like the real deal. And I really appreciated what she was saying about community and that even with her super massive community, there's kind of a lot of self-policing going on. Like if people are going to be mean to her, her audience is going to stick up for her. And one thing I can say about having myself a fairly large digital community, not nearly the size of Chriselle's, but is that it's a positive space. We've worked really hard. I've worked really hard to make it a positive space because the way I felt when I was trying to learn about baby led weaning was that it was this super judgmental space full of people who like just because they'd done it with one or two of their kids were all of a sudden telling me like what to feed and not feed my baby. And I didn't like that. And when I shifted the focus of my nutrition career to exclusively focus on baby led weaning, I wanted it to be different. And I wanted to empower parents to know about all the foods their babies can eat. And so I've always focused on the positive. I definitely get negative comments. Like I don't talk about it a lot because I don't really even want to give credence to or elevate those comments or even like let them get in my head, but they do sometimes. And the reality is the good majority of the people in this community are wonderfully supportive, positive people, even when they're going through tough times, like stressing about what to feed their baby. So I just want to say thank you to you for being a part of this very positive community intended to help parents give their babies a safe start to solid foods. If you want to check out any of Krizel's platforms, her links, like she's seriously everywhere, but I'm going to link them all up on the show notes for this episode, which you guys can find at blwpodcast.com. 